It's Portmanto, Manto, Manto. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Sportmanto. My name is Shane Ryan, and that was Spike Friedman with our that was theme not, song. Wait, well, that was not Spike Friedman. That, that was, was uh, Shane Ryan uh, with the theme song. This is Spike Friedman. Welcome to Sportmanto with your theme song written by Spike Friedman. That was <laughs> there. We go. You knew that Spike Friedman oh. with a great theme song. Spike, uh, you know w- when you told me about the. Um, the musical intro you had planned, which was just you singing uh, the final sing countdown. That. I didn't sing it. I said, me. I said this could be awkward. Honestly, the idea seemed awkward to me. I said oh, it might boy. not work, but uh, this is now that I hear it, it was pretty good. We're back after three years, <laughs> and we're we're clicking on all cylinders, yeah. talking sports and music on the sevens and the eights. On the sevens and the eights. So, Spike, it um, it's been three years, and you know, I, I don't know if our listeners know this, but the minute we recorded our last Sportmanteau and then Grantland ended and about last night, you and I haven't spoken in the interlude. This is the first time we've communicated in any way since then. Yeah, I, it's a miracle that, that we were able to sync this up, given that we were communicating exclusively through third parties in order to organize this situation. Yeah, we got our moms together and we said, look, I'm going to deliver a message to my mom who will convey that to Spike's mom because I didn't want my mom talking directly to you. Yes. And then your mom will tell you. And we did. Here we are. Yes. But I, of course, told my mom not to to only tell your mom lies, but also to have my dad only tell your dad truths. Mm-hmm. But to tell them both to say that there's only one truth man and one liar. And and this was trouble because it it required our moms and dads then to communicate. And we both come from divorced families where it's not the relationship's not, not it's not the best there. And so that was a whole level we had to get through, but we did it. Um, and you know, ultimately I think the fact that we had each other's Skype names eventually made it a lot easier. (laughs) Yeah. I'll also say over the last three years, uh, things have just gotten better and better. Just in every way. It's just been a great three years for society. Uh, oh, boy. It's politics podcast. Yeah, here we go. Well, you know, it's true. Because if, if you had told me in 2014 some of the stuff that's going to happen, I would have said, boy, that's, you know, I already yeah. knew we live in a great country. But it's, <laughs> to, to tell me that it's going to get this much better, that's... Uh, I mean, the Patriots won two Super Bowls in that time. Unbelievable. Wow. Fantastic wow. stuff. Fantastic so stuff. Good. Um, so good. Rafa Nadal was like injured for three years. Exactly what I would have wanted. Um, yep, yep. David Bowie died. Mm, finally, finally, he and Leonard Cohen gone. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, because they were rubbing it in our faces how much better their theme songs were than us, and this freed us up to make our own theme songs. Yeah, which uh, brings well, us back to present. Yeah, and I think with your theme song today, I mean, it was clearly inspired. You wrote the song. <laughs> It was clearly inspired by Cohen and, and, and David Bowie, but I think if they were still living, you would have felt sort of stifled by that. You were yeah. able to let the inspiration flow because they had both passed. Yep. And Prince. Prince dying was also a good thing. <laughs> I'm not. Hey, man, too far. Too far. <laughs> too far. Whoa, sorry. Whoa, buddy. So, you know, Sportmanteau, uh, it's a podcast Spike and I did. For those of you listening for the first time, uh, we did it for like 30, I think it was 38 episodes or so back in 2014. Is that it? It felt like hundreds. It felt like hundreds. It was only 30-something. And 
Now uh, we're starting a Patreon account, which you, you may be listening to this on, but Spike and I also did the About Last Night posts at Grantland, which were these humorous daily recaps of the, of the night in sports. Uh, and so we are reuniting, we are talking again um, to, to do not only the Sportmanteau podcast, but also to revive the About Last Night recaps to get our jokes back on. And we invite you for, what is it, Spike? We're charging $2 a month, $4 a month with podcasts. Um, yeah, we're we're doing some free content, some paid content. Uh, the the paid content, I'm not I'm not gonna lie. You're you're paying too little if you're paying for it, and you true. should feel yeah. bad for supporting us. I don't believe that. I, I I'm so grateful for <laughs> well, everybody. And the, yeah, and it is it is pretty cool. A lot of people. We've almost got like 50 people already on it, and we just started, and we're kind of doing a slow rollout, but. Yeah, we both enjoyed it. So, so here we are back, yeah. and that's the that's the story of the revival. And Sportmanteau is a podcast where we just gab. I mean, really, we just gab about this lovely world of sports because now more than ever, sports is the most important thing. The absolute about. most important thing, and the most important thing you can talk about in sports are the unwritten rules of baseball. I think we can agree. Yeah, uh, <laughs> absolutely <laughs> true. And uh, is that uh, is the Segway King back? Did I get a sense that we're about to go into a, uh, a relevant topic in sports? Ooh, I segued into it. Although I will say that what we're about to talk about, I'm not sure if it's an unwritten rule or just an explicitly written rule. All right. So the story here is that the Boston Red Sox, of course, were accused by the Yankees of uh, stealing signs and I'm sure it was true. They've been, you know, Major League Baseball, I think, conducted the investigation and said, yes, uh, they were guilty. And so what do you do if you're the Boston Red Sox? Well, according to a, a Buster uh, Only story that came out last night, you accuse them right back. So this is, comes from a source, um, which I love because it's clearly just like some PR flack from the Red Sox that was tasked with doing this. Uh, but the title is, the Red Sox say they have video evidence of Yanks using yes camera to steal signs. Uh, and Bolney uh, only writes, the Boston Red Sox have presented to the commissioner's office what they say is video evidence of the Yes Network maintaining a fixed camera on bench coach Gary DeSarcina during a recent game at Yankee Stadium, a source told ESPN. And they go on to say that, you know, if there's a camera on Gary DeSarcina, of course, the implication is that uh, the Yes Network, <laughs> the TV network <laughs> is stealing signs on behalf of the Yankees. So what do you make of that, Spike? Well... If you ask me, uh, I think what the Red Sox are failing to see in this is that Gary DeSarcina, former second baseman for the Angels, the Tigers, you know, a, a real great, a real titan of baseball, is the sort of guy you need a camera trained on 24-7. <laughs> for me, anything short of literal round-the-clock Truman Show-esque footage of Gary DeSarcina if you've got an entertainment network like the Yes Entertainment Network and you don't have that sort of footage, then what are you doing? Then what what are you even doing? So for me with the Red Sox, not only not only are they cheating, but I'll go further and saying that they're trying to cheat us out of the best entertainment, which is Life of Gary, Life of Gary DeSarcina. And so you're 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 implicate you're saying that uh, not only uh, the Yes Network didn't go far enough that they should have cameras yes. in his toilet, in his garage, in his living room, everywhere. I want to be very clear that I do include a toilet cam in my twenty four seven round the clock footage of Gary Deesarcina. Now I'm not saying that that needs to be broadcast live and uncensored. 
I'm not saying that it need that, that the toilet cam of Gary D. Sarcina needs to be broadcast live and uncensored. I am not saying that. Right. The Gary D. Sarcina toilet cam can be broadcast on tape delay, censored, but we need that footage. Yeah. We need that footage. If we're editing, if we're cutting together the best of D. Sarcina, you can't just lose him for an hour a day, which is how long <laughs> Gary D. Sarcina takes long shits. Uh, well, well I, no, he actually no. I, I want to be clear. Not that. Not look. I I am just speculating. Sure. That Gary D. Sarcina. Well, and that's the problem is that we don't know because at the moment yeah, you can't know. You can't know. What? But I would speculate that it's not long. It's just a lot of shits. He sure. Like so your 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 hour is a cumulative number, not an hour at a time type thing. Exactly. Right. And you know, and I think there should be, if we're going to do it, there should be a premium option for people who do want to see it live and uncensored. You know, you, it's not something you oh, you, you need, sure. but if you you know, if you pay a few yeah. bucks a month, give us a chance at least to see that. Yeah. I, I well, again, like it is the Gary D. Sarcina. Sure. And yeah, and like and like I think that transcends baseball in a lot of ways. Like the like stealing signs, like hitting home runs, winning World Series, that's all trivial compared to the daily life that we all live. Mm-hmm. And what Gary DeSarcina can give us a glimpse into is like how we feel and like who we are as people. Well, you and know. It- it, that's true, and and I would add too, just going back to the bathroom cam, that you know a lot of people like to titter and laugh and and treat it like a joke when you talk about you know a camera in the bathroom, but Absolutely. it's not the only thing that happens there. You know, it's not just peeing and pooping and things like that. You've got hygiene, okay? Yeah. You've got phone calls often that will happen in the bathroom. You've got people crying on the toilet. You know, things that are right. happening. Um, in Gary D. Sarcina's case, I would imagine that there's lengthy monologues that he delivers to the towel rack in the bathroom. Um, you know, th- these are crucial moments. So to reduce it to, you know, a, a kind of scatological joke, I think is, is the wrong way to go. Yeah. Well, uh, I do just want to, just want to back up one second phone calls. Are you, we're on the phone right now. Sure. Where are you recording this podcast, Shane? What's that? Where where are you recording this podcast? Like oh, I'm, what? At, I'm at my house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, mm-hmm. where within the context of your house? Oh yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, I'm, I'm indoors. I'm not. I'm not doing outdoors. There's too much okay, traffic yeah, yeah, yeah. noise and stuff. No, I know. I mm-hmm. well, yeah, yeah. I know you bought a new house uh, sure. on a big, busy, busy highway. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> smart, smart five location. It's, location. It's my house is on the medium, the median of the highway. It was. Are you in the bathroom, Shane? Yes. Okay. Uh, I think one, and I don't want to. I don't want to miss the bigger point in this story, mm-hmm. or well, not bigger, smaller, significantly smaller, which is that Boston is terrible. Oh God, uh, it's the absolute worst fucking place in the universe. Yeah, and so since we haven't spoken in three years, Shane, can you tell me your least favorite thing that has happened in, by, with, or because of Boston over the past three years? Well, it would have to be when. The Antifa activists shut down what was a peaceful protest. Oh, oh no, 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 no. <laughs> what was a peaceful protest no. by people exercising oh. their First Amendment rights 
no, no, that was that was a good thing. That was a rare good thing that Boston did. My least favorite thing that happened to Boston. I feel like you're setting me up for something and I'm missing. I'm it. not. No, yeah. that was just no, a genuine quest. It's a good question. I think it ha- it would have to be. And again, it's crazy how many things go back to politics and how many people we're gonna lose. But the Super Bowl last year between the Patriots and the Falcons. I know the Super Bowl wasn't in Boston, Spike, you stickler. But um, the way it sort of um, perfectly mirrored the presidential election <laughs> in every possible way to the point that, like, there was a there was a juncture late in the game where it was like, oh, good, this is going to happen. But still the lingering fear of, oh, no, I just know it's going to work out poorly somehow. Like, the, the worst thing is going to happen. And it did. It did happen. And, you know... It's not just like that superficial parallel, like many of the big personalities on the Patriots, including Belichick and Tom Brady, were were Trump supporters. And it just, it was a nightmare. And I was pissed off that I watched the game because I don't like, like the NFL, I like less and less all the time. I don't watch the regular season. I do like the playoffs, but I just, it was just like the end of that night. I was just very angry. It was like almost midnight and I wanted to fucking flip out. Um, So I think that would be my answer. What about you? Uh, I'm sorry. I have to. I have to interject that the Super Bowl didn't actually happen in Boston. I knew it. <laughs> so, I knew it. Uh, I will, and and I could answer. I could give a great answer, but instead, I I, I think that that's actually a really great segue to our next segment, which Ooh. is Shane picks the NFL season. Ah, uh, uh, yes. Well, you know, it's it's a debate show format that we've agreed on, right? I mean, you're, oh yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> We're both gonna we're both gonna chime in. Um, yeah. So we're gonna go division by division because the NFL season starts tonight mm. with New England playing Kansas City in the fair city of Boston. That's right. And we're gonna go through each of the eight NFL divisions. Wow, there's eight, uh, there's eight now. That's great. <laughs> oh boy. And uh, we're gonna pick our favorite. And why for each division? Yeah. Uh, and we're gonna go. Uh, we're gonna go counterclockwise, mm. starting in the north, the AFC North. Shane, who is your AFC North pick? Well, of course, you know one of the the Paris of the North. I consider to be Buffalo. And uh, <laughs> oh boy, hold on, I'm pulling up the standings here. And you know, just oh before boy. we before we get into this, oh before we get into this, just know that Spike and I, you know, we take different approaches to the NFL, but we're both experts. Uh, you know, we, we come at it from different ways and that's part of what makes the dynamic so great is that, you know, it's, it's sports essentially. So it's, it's great debate. You know, it gets a lot of people talking. Um, Uh and my, you know, my pick is the, uh, the Baltimore Ravens, uh, Spike, because, you know, you talk about Joe Flacco, um, (laughs) you talk about Joe Flacco, is he elite? (laughs) Is he not elite? Um, well, you know, my question is, did he win a Super Bowl? And, you know, answer that for me, and I'll tell you, you know, I'll start to have more of an answer. Um, but I think he's got a lot to prove in terms of, you know, what does history say about whether he's won a Super Bowl and and how does that, you know, reflect on his eliteness? And so I think, you know, he's going to play pretty hard this year, and I like the, uh, <laughs> the Baltimore Ravens for this one. Yeah, uh, hey, look, Ravens, great sleeper pick for me. I'm going to go chalk. I'm going to go... With the Steelers, and uh, but uh, uh, you know, hey, Ben Roethlisberger, Joe Flacco, you got uh, two big arms in the division. Hey, Shane, that was pretty good analysis that you just did there. Hey, I appreciate that. You know, I, I disagree with everything you're saying, but I, I respect that your your methods. Wait, hold. Let's uh, move uh, on. Let's move on. We're going counterclockwise around the other way of the clock, which means 
What would that mean from AFC North? Would we go to the AFC West from there? Sure, sure. Okay. Yeah, I'll, and I'll let you. I'll let you take this one, Spike. You know, I'll. Uh... Well, for me, I've I I look at this division and Oakland won it last year at twelve and four, and Denver's defense was very good last year. Uh, but I think they're going to take a step back this year as they've lost defensive coordinator Wade Phillips to the LA Rams. Uh, and I'm actually going to go with a bit of a oddball pick in this division with the LA Chargers. Wow. Uh, I think they've restocked. In good ways. I like Anthony Lynn's play design. I like Melvin Gordon. I like Philip Rivers. I think that they can't be less healthy than they've been the last few years. I think the division's going to be a scrum on the whole, but I'm picking the LA Chargers. Shane, over to you. Well, I like that. Of course, you know, you talk about one of the big stories of the offseason was the LA Chargers moving up from San Diego. Um, and that, you know, that, that comes with, um, you know, a lot of moving costs. It's not far from San Diego to LA, but, you know, you. You worry about the, the toll the highway commute takes on the team and the players and things like that. Uh, and I think they're going to have a tough year. And for me, I keep going back to Al Davis. He's still doing it. He's still looking good. He's still kind of like in charge of everything. You know, he's a he's very, not. He's a very, he's a very interesting guy. And I think, you know, with a charismatic personality like that, especially in 2017, you know, literally you got to look out for the uh, for the L.A. Raiders to take this. Literally one. Literally a dead man. Literally, you're picking a dead man who doesn't play the game. Oh, okay. Well, that's okay. you know that's what makes us great. We agree to disagree, and uh, and you know the, that's why they play the games, I guess. <laughs> you know, all right, fair enough. Fair enough. All right, let's go to the AFC South, Shane. Okay, man, that's where you know where I live. I live right in the South in Carolina Panther, Charlotte Panther country. Um, but they're you know they're in the <laughs> NFC for now, and so we'll look at the AFC. You got the Titans, the Colts, the Jags, and the Houston Texans. Um, you know, I, I was always a big Warren Moon guy, and the irony there is that they moved uh, the franchise, and then Moon, Moon retired. He's too old to play now. Um, so I think, you know, you look at the Jags and the Colts and, and Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning's retired. I heard that. So you, you're writing off both the Titans and the Texans yeah. because Warren Moon has retired. Yeah, he's gone. No, that takes out both the Houston Oilers, who are now the Tennessee Titans, right. and the entire – any team that now is in Houston, which includes the Te- – okay, okay, okay. So, yeah, yeah, great. You know, Houston – I mean, Houston's always going to be loyal to Warren Moon, and so you got you get a whole city that – I mean, and Spike, you know, you laugh, but they're suffering now, so I, you know, I kind of take offense to that, but – We'll move on from there. I'm a Colts guy this year. I think Andrew Luck is. Uh, <laughs> I think he's gonna like. He's gonna hurl that pigskin several several times this year, and he's gonna he's gonna be great. Uh, yeah. I mean, he he literally might hurl the pigskin several times this year. He's definitely not starting week one. He's coming back from a shoulder surgery and has yet to throw the ball. Well, so. he's playing possum, you know, and that's that's good. I think on the Colts part, that's smart. They got Scott Tolzine starting week one. That's Shane's pick. I'm going to go with uh, the Titans, Marcus Mariota. In spite of Warren Moon retiring, I think the Titans can do it this year. All right. Uh, that just leaves the AFC East. Oh, boy. Okay, now we get now we get into my – this is where the Buffalo Bills come into play. And, you know, it's a tough town. It's a tough town, Buffalo. There's a lot of lake effect snow right on Lake Erie there. They shut down the libraries. You know, it's uh, it's right in the Rust Belt. The economy's not great, but there's a certain grittiness to the people that still live there because you think, why do these people still live in Buffalo? You know, if you're going to be poor, if you're going to be miserable, move somewhere warmer. That's what I've always said. Um, but, you know, they're still there, and football is one of the few things they have. And so I think they're going to go. They're going to support their club. And, um, 
you know, Belichick, I think he's in for uh, something of a comeuppance, my friend. I think uh, karma is about to swing its mean old wheel right back on the backside of Mr. Buffalo Bill Belichick. And so I'm taking the Bills. Okay, I'm going to go with the uh, New England Patriots. Okay, that's... Uh... <laughs> That's a, you know, it's a safe bet, Spike, and a lot of these picks I'm getting from you are pretty safe this year. I would call you Mr. Chalk over here. Yeah, uh, all right. Well, I and I will say about the Bills, um, it is cold in Buffalo. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's move over to the <laughs> NFC. So far, Shane's picks. because And we're going to track these all year. This isn't just a one-off sort of bit situation where we exploit Shane's lack of knowledge about the NFL for for some sort of like humor possibility we are tracking these mm -hmm. picks all year and i want to make this interesting uh and like put something on the line on who wins oh interesting what do you, do you have a proposal absolutely uh my proposal is the winner of this uh if you win we have to do exclusively tennis and golf podcasts yes. for an entire year. Yes. But if I win, uh, the format doesn't change and we continue to entertain our fans at home. <laughs> Great. That's a, that sounds like a win-win, no matter who wins. Uh, if I win, we get to, you know, we do my sports and we gain a whole new audience of country club people who, as you know, Spike, are really appreciate our humor. Our, yeah, and our politics. And our politics. It's designed for the country club set. And if not, we keep doing this. So it's great. I'm into it. Yeah. Um, well, we've done the whole NFL. Uh, we did all. <laughs> so, so I guess it's time to move on. Yup. All right. <laughs> NFC. Let's go to the NFC. Let's, let's start. We're going to save the East for last again. Let's start in the West. This is Spike Friedman country. Yeah. Um, Spike, a big Seattle Seahawks fan. They have. Uh, They've never won a Super Bowl. Uh, they, That's not true. They they won a Super Bowl. They did win a Super Bowl. Oh yeah, they did. That's right. They won a couple years ago. Good for them. But you know, of course, <laughs> of course, what we all remember of the Seahawks, the thing that sticks out. You say, what happened to the Seahawks? You go back to Matt Hasselbeck guaranteeing an overtime victory. Didn't happen. Um, and so for me, that that rules them out this year. <laughs> You got the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, you know, it's like, where are they? They used to be in St. Louis. Um, it's it's confusing. So I'm going to go with the Niners this year. Colin Kaepernick leading them back. Um, oh, no. Getting through oh, all no. the controversy, kneeling through the anthem, but rising for the game. Oh, boy. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to stick with the Seahawks. I'm going to stick with Chalk. Uh, uh, Colin Kaepernick currently not on the Niners roster, but, hey, they can bring him back at any moment. So... You know, I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to come down too hard on your pick. I'll also say that in addition to the Cardinals moving from St. Louis, the Rams have moved from St. Louis. Mm. And uh, fun fact: uh, Missouri, the 49th state, so the San Francisco 49ers are basically also from St. Louis. <laughs> it is. That is. It was weird how that happened with Missouri. They yeah. did. They did Alaska, and then right before they did Hawaii, they're like, you know what? We. I think we forgot something, guys. <laughs> Yeah, which is unfortunate because think about how many times Missouri illegally voted mm. in the Senate, in the House. Oh yeah, and that, those, and that was and that was the those great are thing the about two it. legislative yeah. bodies that we have. Yeah, I, I think uh, you know I think a lot of people just assumed it was a state. It was called the Show Me State long before it was ever yeah. itself a state, and so that's that's one of the cool quirks of American history. Yeah, well, and it's, it's much like declaring bankruptcy. You can't just put state in your motto and become a state. Mm. They tried. God bless them. They you tried. Have to, you have to hire a lawyer. 
Yep. You That's have to, the whole process. It's really just get a lawyer and, and write up the papers, and they finally did that after Alaska. Yeah. They said, we don't want to be the last state. Yeah. Well, and, and you got to serve. You got to get someone to serve the papers for you. It's a whole thing. In the NFC South, I'm going to pick the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Jameis Winston, uh, Dirk Cutter coaching, Mike Evans, O.J. Howard. They just they've got the most talent on both sides of the ball. Falcons were obviously good last year until the very end. I think the Super Bowl hangover knocks them down to the wild card. Shane, you? Uh, you know, New Orleans does great after hurricanes, so I'm going to go with the Saints. Oh, boy. Hey, it's history. Uh, That's history. Uh, <laughs> and it's the North. Uh, the North. We got, the course, North. Yeah, the big cold North. We got the Packers, the Vikes, the Lions, and the Bears. I'll take the Packers. Uh, I. You know what? I won't. This Oof. is it. This. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say why not? Why not the Vikings one time? You know, mm. everything's mm. changing. Our society is moving a mile a minute. You know, we got Facebook. We got Twitter. Yeah, that's right. We've got we've got all sorts of new Instagram. media platforms. Insta Instagram. Oh, I never I never picked up that part of it. Yeah, snapping chat. Oh. And so when you've got the world moving so quickly and you've got a team like the Minnesota Vikings who are just speed top to bottom. You've got Sam Bradford, the fastest gun in the West. You've got uh, Dalvin Cook, running back. You've got Sheriff Floyd on the IR. He was their slowest good player. So for me, speed kills in modern America. Vikings have the speed. Aaron Rodgers, slow. We all know that. Yeah, yeah. Well, let, so, me, let me ask you, Spike, what other players are on the Vikings? Uh, Harrison Smith. Okay. Uh uh, Xavier Rhodes, mm. uh, Trey Wayans, okay. uh, I believe Corderell Patterson, uh, Stefan Diggs, uh, Adam Thielen, wow. Kyle Rudolph. Wow. Uh, Anthony uh, Barr. Uh, oh, I thought we Anthony. were okay. Yep. <laughs> you were trying to hit a tone with me? Oh. Yep. Um, uh, all right. So cool. that was all. that was hey, that was pretty good off the dome of just Vikings guys. Yeah. No. At a certain point, I was wondering if you were reading from a roster, and I was like, you have too much integrity for that. So that is, I am, I am legitimately impressed. Um, yeah. Pick another team, and uh, and let's see how I do. Okay. Um, the Seattle Pilots from the 1978 season. Okay, you've got Walter Payton. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> Walter Johnson. Yeah, it was a team full of Walters. You've got Gary Payton. Walter Cronkite. All, yep, Walter uh, Walter White from, mm -hmm, from Breaking, Breaking Bad. Bad. Uh, the Secret Life of Walter Mitty was on that roster. Yep. Uh, uh, Walter Disney. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, the PK. And Walter. finally, finally, I'm uh, I'm picking the Giants. Okay. The G yeah, Eli I'll pick the, the G Men too. I'm I'm still a I'm still a Giants fan. Um, and you know, look, we're playing up my ignorance a little bit. I'm not that ignorant, um, but I do think the Giants, like, I don't know, they have the potential to be good. I like their coach. He's a real weird looking dude. Um, and, What's you know, his name? What's his name? <laughs> yeah, Spike, oh, we're gonna play gotcha journalism now. Come on, Spike. This is you're better than that. But um, you know, just just uh, because we're all people are one. It's Ben McAdoo, of course. 
<laughs> yup. <laughs> a lot of integrity. Yeah. A lot of integrity. Benjamin Lee McAdoo. He was born July 9th, 1977. He's an American football coach and, you know, head coach of the New York Giants of the National Football League. Um, so I'll take the Giants. And that is one hell of an NFL preview, Spike. Yeah. I think we really covered it uh, from one side of the football to the other. Yeah, literally. We went uh, from one pointed end of the pigging skin to the other. Yeah. Uh, and I've forgotten all of our picks. We're going to have to listen back to that segment. And um, uh, I picked the Bills, <laughs> the Ravens, <laughs> the Colts, and the Raiders. Then I picked the Giants, the uh, Packers, because they're socialists, uh, the Saints, and... Fuck, who did I pick in the Wolves? Oh, you picked the 49ers. 49ers, that's right. Because They have to move from St. Louis. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Colin Kaepernick. And Colin Kaepernick, yeah. All right. So, well, this has been good, Spike, but now I think we it's time to circle back to something near and dear to my heart, which is tennis. All right, yeah. U.S. Open time. We got Rafa Nadal. You got Juan Martin Del Potro. Mm -hmm. uh, you got uh, Sloane Stevens. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and they're and they're all fantastic. And then of course everyone's talking about uh, Durham USTA tennis, the seven five combos double USTA league, uh, where the Felicissimos are off to a rough two and three start on the year. Uh, and you know, in a lot of ways, Spike, it's a it's a very uh, it's a very unfortunate two and three start because the three losses were really really. Close losses, okay? And, of course, I was playing doubles with Alan Faulkner and two uh, of them. Wait, wait what, what is happening right now? Well, well, we're talking tennis news. You know, we're getting into the U.S. Open and, and the whole tennis world. And, uh, you know, the 7-5 Combo Doubles League in USTA and Durham. 7-5. Seven, seven, what is 7-5 Combo Doubles League? Well, obviously, that that's like where a 4-0 plays with a 3-5. You know, you, you're, you combine. Your combined rating cannot exceed 7-5. And you play doubles. You play doubles against another person, another team. Um, you know, three matches uh, in each in, in each overall match, and whoever wins the best two of three wins the overall match. And, you know, my team, the Felicissimos, is two and three to start the year, and I can't help but feel I'm partially responsible because Alan Faulkner and I have lost the deciding match in two out of those three losses. You know, okay. For, uh, I don't love hearing about your personal tennis, mm -hmm. but I will say... I will say that I like to hear about you and Alan Faulkner losing. Yeah. How is your partnership right now? Is it strained? Uh, Are the it, losses getting to you? Well, you know, we're, we're, we're maintaining a positive front. You know, he's a good guy. I'm a good guy. We're doing our best. But, you know, I can't pretend. Like, sure, you want to go out there every time, Spike. You want to go out there and you want to win a tennis match. You know, when you let the team down, it feels bad. Our last match, uh, we were the decider. And probably there were about 15 to 20 people watching us, not just from our two teams, but we were at a country club and some of the country club people were coming over rooting against us. And it was, it was high tension stuff and we lost. They, and that, they were rooting against you? Well, you know, they cheered loudly when the other team wins a point, that kind of thing. Why, why did that happen? Uh, why did the other team win a point? No, why did why were the country club fans rooting against you? Well, because we're playing on their turf, you know. So we're playing their, oh, we're playing oh, their oh. country club team. This is uh, this is some pretty tense stuff, and they're see. okay. Yeah, and they've got solidarity on their side, and so it's you know, it, look, I I'm zero two on on this particular fall season. It's not great, um, but you know, a lot of people are talking you, about it. How do you feel about Alan Faulkner right now? <laughs> He's 
you know, he could listen to this for all I know. So I'm not I'm not going to sit here and I'm not going to like, you know, say anything bad about Alan Faulkner. He does his best. I do my best. We stick to our game plan and sometimes it works out and sometimes it doesn't. So what, how would you describe your game plan? Is your plan when you go into the match to lose and between you and Alan Faulkner, <laughs> who's deviating the most from said game plan? Uh, we go in with the plan to win, and you know we both deviate. You know it's uh, and look, you both deviate. We both you deviate. Both... Well, we both deviate because we've lost. You know, if we were if we were both on the straight and narrow trying to win, we would we would have won. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, this is locker room chat. You know, this is a lot of stuff that stays within the team. Um, we don't have a literal locker room, but uh, you know, I'm hoping. Where do you guys? Where do you guys change? Do you change in like a bathroom? Do you change like are there cameras around? Like, what's the changing facility like? That's a great question. Um, there is really that doesn't happen. You know, you get changed at home and <laughs> and you drive to the tennis court, and uh, so it's not like a, you know you show up at the tennis court in a suit. And, so and so it sounds headphones. like you and it sounds like you and Alan Faulkner aren't talking before or after the match in sort of a locker room situation. So I don't know if you guys are getting the opportunity to air your grievances with one another in terms of your deviations from the game plan. Shane, are you angry? Well, I, oh man, you're really getting to me. I'm, I'm getting, you know, you know, okay, look, Hey, I'll say it. You know, maybe, maybe there's an airing of grievances that has to happen. Maybe I should write an email and read it on the next sport manteau that I'm going to send to Alan, just airing all my grievances not just tennis related and not just him related, just to, like a lot of the things that are going wrong with my life. Just throw them at him and see uh, see if it helps us in the end. Yeah, because I, I, it sounds to me like the biggest problem in your tennis game right now is the lack of just frank conversations between you, Shane Ryan mm-hmm. and Alan Faulkner. Uh, and I want to facilitate that. If that has to happen on the air in the next Portmanteau premium podcast, you know, I, I, I'd love to do that. If if the answer is I, you know, you tell me things about Alan Faulkner in confidence about your, mm-hmm. you know, heartbreak and disappointment sure. and rage. And then I call him anonymously from a burner phone and tell him sort of like, hey, Shane's been, Shane's been saying, you know, <laughs> uh-huh. you know, that sort of stuff. You know, whatever it takes to help you guys become the best version of a seven combined five doubles team mm-hmm. in Durham mm-hmm. at the full of CCMOs, uh, then that's what I want to do. Because for me, Shane, your tennis success is the most important story in sports. Yeah. Because in this workaday world where everything is going crazy, where things are going so fast, you know, you got Snapchat, you got Twitter, you got Instagram, Instagram, uh, you just want to slow down and support your friends. And when you see them struggling, when you see them getting their hearts broken on the tennis court, mm-hmm. week in, week out, just hearts just shattered, mm-hmm. just crushed. Yep. It's like destroyed on the tennis court. Yeah. You just want to be able to step up. And be like, hey, how can I tell your partner the criticisms that you have of him in, a, in the most direct and, and, and in the most direct fun. way, which is, as you said, probably calling him on a burner phone and using <laughs> a weird growly voice. Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah. No, I think that's right. And I think, yeah, I think we should definitely do that. So, oh, look, I'm glad we brought this up, Spike. This is the most hey. receptive you've ever been to my tennis stories. Yeah. Yeah. And it took and hey. 
And, and as we wrap up our first Sportmanteau podcast, this this being a free episode, the premium ones will be much better. Uh, <laughs> this is we're getting our we're getting our sea legs under here. But before before you segue into the end of oh. the episode, which once you get started, I know you can't stop. I do legitimately, sincerely want to talk about what has been a pretty fucking awesome U.S. Open. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, that's, yeah. That's uh, right. There's good tennis happening, there's James. There's actually tennis. When we get by the old bits. Um, so right now, the crazy fucking thing is four American women are in the semifinals. It's an all-American semifinal, which I don't think – I think they said it's 85 was the last time that happened, which is insane. Because um, obviously the sports landscape was very different in 1985. America was more dominant in tennis and everything like that. So we've got Venus Williams against Sloane Stevens tonight and Coco Vandeweghe versus Madison Keys. Both matches happening this evening starting at 7. I'm fucking insanely pumped for that. And we did not get Roger Federer and Rafa Nadal. It looked like this was our one chance to see them play each other at, uh, at the U.S. Open, which bizarrely has never happened. However, uh, Juan Martin Del Potro is playing just like ridiculously amazing tennis. Every match he plays is fucking beyond compelling. He beat Dominic Team in a five-set match that probably is the best match of the year. Um, it's either that or Rafa Roger at the Aussie Open final. And my man Rafa Nadal is in the semis, which surprises me uh, and fucking thrills me. So those two dudes are playing in what I think is going to be an amazing match. The winner will probably go on to win the U.S. Open itself because the bottom half of that draw is a little weaker. Um, anyway, I just I don't know. I just want to like blurt this out because it's been so awesome. I've gotten really into tennis over the last two years, and I just want to shout from the rooftops how excited I am. And let me say this, Spike, because I know you're, you're going to try to goad me into it anyway. If Rafa Nadal wins this U.S. Open, he and Roger will each have two this year. I'm going to renew my argument that Rafa Nadal is the best player of all time, better than Roger Federer. Uh, I'm going to continue to disagree with you on that front uh, for a few reasons, um, all of which are aesthetic. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm just going to read David Foster Wallace's essay over the year. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I do want to say that I think it's been 36 years. So I think it was 1981 the last time four U.S. Open women were wow. in the yeah in the semis. Uh, I want to say that for me, that's disappointing. Uh, I would much prefer four non-Americans at the U.S. Open and four Americans at the French Open to show that we've invaded. Oh, you know, smart, I like... smart. <laughs> uh, but no, the tennis has been incredible. Uh, yeah, and have you... Who been... out of... I was just going to say, have, w- you, have you gotten into it? I know you're not the hugest tennis guy, but is it... I've been, watching, your... yeah. I've been watching men's tennis late at night because it's been on uh, yeah. and it's been good. I won't be watching tonight. I'll probably be watching football. Uh, or go into a socialist political gathering, or both, <laughs> or a both. little bit of both. Yeah. Um, but uh, I was going to ask, because I've been watching mostly the men's draw, on the women's side, obviously, w- what's crazy about the four women is it's four women, no Serena, as she just gave birth to a baby child. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess all babies are children. All children are babies? No, all ba- neither. It doesn't matter. It's one of those things uh, where all babies are children, but not all children are babies. You're right. It's like squares and rectangles. Mm-hmm. Um, my question for you is, of those four women, uh, who do you think right now is playing the best tennis? Who is your pick on the women's side of the draw? Shane! Uh, this is tough. This is a tough one. Because, look, Venus Williams is playing well. I don't think she's going to win, though. Like she's, she's had some very close calls. But then again, still have a bunch of them. I think, and I may regret this, because Coco Vandeweghe is playing some good tennis. 
I think Madison Keys right now is just playing insanely well. Uh, she's kind of like always been close to getting to getting there in a major, um, and hasn't in a Grand Slam and hasn't really done it. I'm looking up how old she is right now. She oh she's still super young. She's 22, but I think she's like coming into her own. Uh, and I think she's ridiculously confident. I think she's going to beat Coco Vandeweghe. Uh, and I think Sloan Stevens is going to beat Venus Williams, and we're going to see like a very changing of the guard moment. But I'm going to go with Madison Keys uh, to win the whole shebang. You're going Keys over Stevens in the final. That's right. And I'm going to go with Kevin Anderson, who is playing just remarkable tennis. He really put a hurting on Sam Query the other night. He's playing boosted in the other semifinal. He's going to win. And I think Rafa is going to finally wear down Del Potro. And I think we're going to have a five-set U.S. Open final between Rafa and uh, Kevin Anderson. Kevin Anderson. That set, sound, yeah, set sounds like sort him. of a generic character actor. Are we sure he's a real tennis player? Well, I, you know, I've seen some of his matches, but, you know, he's, let's see, he's a 31-year-old, supposedly, from Johannesburg, South Africa. He's very emaciated looking. Um, he's like a hollowed-out kind of bony character. He could, you know, he could be a character actor. He really does. You look at picture of him, you look at, he looks like one of those guys where you're like, oh, God, I've seen him in everything. What's that guy's name? And you'll never know. Okay. Yeah. All right. So that's about as much tennis as <laughs> as I can handle for one day. Uh, so do you want to segue into the end? Because you cut me off and I lost my momentum and now oh, I forgot how to end a podcast. The segue king has been usurped. They're going to hang his intestines from the battlements, from the ramparts, as a new segue prince rises to the segue throne and says, thus... And if the episode one of Sportman Two, are we re are we restarting the numbering? Um, that's a great question. What do you think? I, I kind of uh, I kind of think I already did on iTunes uh, because okay. they shut our old one down. But we could certainly what? label this like why number thirty nine. Why'd they shut our old one down? Well, I think you can still get it, but um, I'd have to in order to restart it. I'd have to go back to whatever thing I originally used, and I'm a SoundCloud man now. Um, oh, got so, it. So they didn't shut it down so much as you're too lazy to find an old password. Well, you know, I think Spike. Uh, hold on, I'm, this is this is good. This is good podcasting here. I'm gonna look as we did it. I'm pretty sure I looked before, and you can't find it. Um, so yeah, there's the new Sportmanteau, uh, but there is yeah, it's not it's not there, man. It's just not there. I don't know what I don't know if iTunes has a policy where after a couple years uh, and no listens, they kind of pull the plug on something. Or what? I can't believe no one was listening to it. So that's out the door. <laughs> that's true. Uh, there must have been. We must have been just. We must have been speaking too much truth to power. Uh, oh, yeah. The man took us down is what you're saying. So I want to say a big thank you to everybody for listening. Uh, I don't know. This is a free episode. We're going to do some premium episodes. I don't know how you listen to those. Do you get them on Patreon? Do they go yeah. to iTunes? Yeah, no, I don't know. So, so what Shane, happens can you is, explain to our listeners what how happens? it works? Can you explain? I picked up your implication immediately and was already beginning to answer. Uh, calm down, Spike. It's going to be fine. Um, so what happens is with this, it's a great question. We're going to have either one or two free episodes a month. We're going to do these every week, by the way. One or two of them is going to be a month. is going to be free. But I don't think we've fully decided that yet. But... On the other ones, yes, you download them on Patreon. Um, I upload them directly to Patreon, so they do not go on iTunes. Um, what Chapo Trap House does is they put like four minute previews of their of their of their hidden episode on iTunes. So that's something we can look at. That's a good amount of work. I don't know if I'm going to do that. Um, 
but yeah, so basically if you pay $4 a month at Patreon, you'll get every single episode. Um, all of them will be posted, including the iTunes ones, will be posted there. And but how do you listen to them from Patreon? Well, you so you can either play them right in Patreon, you can download them, and then once they're downloaded, you can put them on iTunes, obviously. Um, and uh, yeah. Oh, that's, that's the answer we've got? Yeah, you download... Oh, what, what you, why is that a bad answer? You download the mp3 or you listen to it on the site and if you download it you can put it anywhere on an ipod on an i kindle on an ibook um listen to it in the car and you put it right on your car (laughs) okay no it's good it's good info yeah it's good info absolutely i didn't know if you could like unlock it on itunes you know what i mean i know there's nothing like that there i i I looked into that with soundcloud um it's just it's just not happening it's just not it's not gonna happen okay Sorry. Well, and I'm going to, I'm going to, so for those of you at home who want that to happen, I'm going to be calling up SoundCloud's dev team from a burner phone mm. and uh, threatening <laughs> them and telling them all of Shane's criticisms of them. Uh, and of Alan Faulkner. Shane, right. Well, yeah. I, well, Al, does Alan Faulkner work for SoundCloud? Can I sort of kill two birds with one stone? Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that. He's a top executive at SoundCloud. Great. That's amazing for me. That's going to save me literally 45 minutes a week. <laughs> wow, that was that was a long call you were planning. No, it's again, it's a series of short calls. Oh, it's the bat, the DeSarcina bathroom scenario. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All over again. Classic DeSarcina bathroom scenario. Well, yeah, it was a great episode. Thank you all again. Thank you, Spike, for the opening song. That was great. Um, my song. It was a great song, great performance by you there. And we'll keep that going. I know Spike wants to keep doing the songs before every episode. And uh, I'm, I'm guessing they're all going to be a little different each time, but that they're all going to be recognizable tunes uh, with the lyric Sportmanteau kind of thrust in there, um, you know, in, in places, you know, wherever it fits. So got that to look forward to. And... Yeah, like Spike says, thank you everyone for listening. Tell your friends if you enjoyed it. What else am I forgetting, Spike? You want to send us off? Goodbye out there in Radio Land on the (laughs) sevens and the eights. Bye, everybody.